quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I had a request from a Instagram follower who wanted me to explain the difference between limits and punishments. And if anybody listens to my podcasts or follows me on Instagram or has taken any of my courses, you know, I don't believe in the idea of punishments and rewards as I don't think that they preserve the relationship that we share with our children and they force compliance, which I'm not really into forcing compliance because kids will either ignore how they feel inside to please their parents and end up being people pleasers, or they will rebel against it because they don't want to be controlled. And then maybe end up being kids who are always in trouble and think poorly of themselves because they are always in trouble or they're always trying to be seen and heard and understood. So they become big and loud and overbearing or a myriad of other problems, but let's just start with those two. So in my mind, punishments are not a viable option when it comes to parenting, nor are rewards because rewards create an an extrinsic motivator as, as opposed to an intrinsic motivator. And so kids will do the thing we ask them to do to get the reward, but are they doing the thing because it's the right thing to do? And that's really what we want. We want them to choose to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But often kids won't choose the right thing because they're immature and they're children and they make poor choices, just like every human being. And so they won't always make the good choice. And I think that's something to keep in mind is that even if you have limits with punishments or without, you will have children that will choose the wrong thing. Hopefully, because hopefully they have their own free will and, and at one point or another, they will choose to do something, even if it is the wrong thing to do, at least they're choosing it of their own free will. And hopefully that becomes a learning experience where they can glean something from that, that one experience and that one choice to make better choices in the future. So let's get into it. Limits are guidelines. They are this idea, being kind 
to your brothers and sisters, putting your dishes in the dishwasher, cleaning up after yourself, all of these kind of limits that we have, only two cookies after dinner. There's a lot of limits that kids have. They're asked to do or not do a lot of things. So there are a lot of limits in their lives. In homes where there's punishment, we have the limit. And if the limit is not adhered to, then we impose a punishment or to get a child to adhere to a limit, we might offer a reward. In homes where there are no punishments, we have the limit and that's it. If you don't like the limit and you're upset about the limit, I'm going to listen to your upset with empathy, understanding. I know you don't want to do X, Y, or Z. I understand it's really hard, but we're still going to do it. If a child can't adhere to a limit in a home where there's no punishments, when they've broken the limit, then we, we have a moment to have a discussion with them. What happened? How come you didn't put your dishes in the dishwasher? Oh, you didn't have time. Well, is there a way I can help you figure out how to do it next time? Can we have a conversation with our child about this limit that was not adhered to? And can that conversation help them learn what they could do next time? If we just impose a punishment, oh, you didn't put your dishes in the dishwasher so you can't go out and play today. How does that child feel about us when we say you can't go out and play today because you didn't put your dishes in the dishwasher? They feel terrible about us. They feel terrible about themselves. And now they've had their playtime taken away. It doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. And they're not doing any learning after this limit was not adhered to. They aren't really having an opportunity for quote unquote discipline because discipline in its essence is teaching and learning. And your child isn't learning anything when you're giving them just a punishment. They're really, all they're feeling is likely anger for us or anger for the situation. Maybe possibly could be anger for a sibling if the sibling is involved. So if you tell your child, oh, you hit your brother, you have to go to timeout. How does the child who is sitting in timeout feel? How do they feel about their parent who put them in timeout? And how do they feel about their sibling? The sibling got them in trouble. The parent is taking the sibling side. And now this child is sitting in timeout and they're angry. Are they reflecting about how they shouldn't hit their brother? Likely not. Is it going to keep them from hitting their brother next time? Maybe, but will that anger or that upset or that dysregulation come out somewhere else? Will they be unkind to their friends because they aren't able to get it out at home because they know they'll end up being in timeout? So where will that dysregulation manifest? We never know. Maybe they'll be a people pleaser and they'll stuff it and they just, they won't hit their brother anymore. They won't do anything that they want to do. And so they'll ignore their internal, you know, mechanisms and they'll ignore themselves in order to please their parents and not get in trouble. So punishments might work. Rewards may work. And oftentimes they do. But is it worth it? Is it really worth it to punish a child when we don't really need to? And we don't really need to reward children. We don't need to bribe or threaten or impose some sort of punitive measure 
when we can just merely have a conversation. And when that conversation can be, what happened? How come you were late coming home from curfew? Oh, the dad that picked you up had to drop two people off. I understand you were late. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of just getting mad and saying you're in trouble and now you're grounded. Are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening? Do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children? Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. The other way that we kind of encourage our children to adhere to limits is through connection. Because a child who is connected and feels better about the parent-child relationship will more often choose the right thing. Will they do it all the time? Absolutely not. No child, no punished child, no rewarded child, no connected child, no child will ever do everything they should all the time. And if they do, that's a child I would be worried about because they are not exercising their free will and they are kind of shoving likely their feelings or their desires or something because no child's perfect. And every child wants to say no at some point or another or should want to say no at some point or another. So if you do have a child that is always saying yes or is always adhering to all the rules, it might be something to explore with them. It might be something to dig deeper and figure out exactly what's going on there. So we try to build in as much connection with our kids as possible outside of these moments of limits. And I think that's where connective parenting becomes this idea that we we're kind of always really like working on it because we're working on it on the onset to get a better response later on. So if you're doing daily special time, and you're coming with empathy and understanding, you're building in connection. So when you do ask your child to put the dishes in the dishwasher, hopefully more often than not, they're doing it and saying yes, because they feel good about the relationship that they share with us. But again, we only have so many asks, so we can't ask our kids to do everything. So we only have so much space in our relationship for so many requests, for so many limits, and for so many no's. We have to really be analyzing, like, is this an important place to ask my kid to do something? Is this a valid no? Am I saying no because it's a safety thing? Or am I saying no just to say no? Do I even know why I'm saying no? Can I say yes here? Is it unsafe? And do I have to say no? So really evaluating what those limits are and do they make sense? Are they age appropriate? you know, tasks, are we asking too much, too many tasks? Are my, are my kids old enough to perform these tasks? Are they necessary? So really thinking about how many no's and how many yeses and how many tasks and how many limits we have in our house is another important aspect of this. So limits, can we have limits and hold the limit 
and come with empathy. So if we say to the child, there's no more TV time, we're all done with TV. And when the child becomes really upset and says, I want TV, you're so mean, you never let me watch TV. Joshua always gets to watch TV. You're the only mom who makes me turn it off at nine o'clock at night. That is not fair. And they're going on and on about this limit. We have many choices. We can threaten them that they have to stop. We can punish them because they're being out of control. We can send them to timeout. We can basically use punitive measures to get them to stop. Or we can lean into empathy and understanding. I know you really wanted to watch TV. It's super fun, isn't it? I wish we could watch all night long. That would be incredible if we could. Maybe we can watch later on Saturday. But tonight, we really have to turn it off because it's a school night and we got to go to bed. This child might continue to lament. They might continue to complain. They might get really, really mad and upset. Can we stay calm and connected? Can we be with them in their upset? Can we empathize with them that this is hard for them? It might not seem hard for us because we live a life with very few limits. Sure, we have responsibilities, but if we want to stay up all night and watch TV, even to our detriment, which I for sure do, then we can. But our children don't have a lot of choice, and rightfully so. They're young. We are not going to let them stay up all night and watch TV. Well, there's another conversation for that I should have too. At some point, you should let them kind of have control over their lives, maybe not at five or six. So if we're implementing these limits, can we endure? the upset that happens afterwards. If we can't endure the upset that happens afterwards, maybe we're not ready to implement the limit at that time. I tell my clients, if you aren't resourced enough to listen to the upset after a limit, you might reconsider that limit for the moment because the worst thing that you can do is set a limit and have a child boil over and then it makes you boil over and then you're yelling at the child And he's upset or she's upset and everyone's upset because the process is not working correctly because nobody's listening with empathy. So sometimes I say, if you want to give them another cookie because you really just can't handle the upset right now, then give them the other cookie so that you can preserve yourself so that you don't get angry. It's okay once in a while. But where you need to really set limits, you should do so. But You have to be in the right mindset to endure the upset, to endure the meltdown and the tantrum. And can you come with complete empathy and understanding? I'm right here. I know this is really hard, but we are going to bed and we are not watching TV anymore. And you have to stay with your child through these upsets. And that's what becomes really hard because likely we weren't allowed to have those kind of upsets. Our parents would have never listened to us with empathy and understanding. So it seems totally, completely ludicrous that this child is upset about not watching TV. But they are. And that's the reality. And that's okay. Because for them right now, it's hard. And we let it be hard for them. And we let them complain and lament. And we are there with them. So these are the ideas of limits and punishments and coming with empathy. And remember that coming with empathy during these limits becomes a very connective experience because you are seeing and hearing and understanding and validating your child in this moment where they are upset. And that becomes a very connective 
experience for them and for you. Okay. I hope this was really helpful. I'm so glad you've joined me this week on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. And I hope to see you next week. If you are looking for one-on-one coaching or you want to take one of my online courses or you just want to have a free 15-minute consult, please contact me, michelle at peaceandparentingla.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.